Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 if you're there can you say amen? amen the word of the Lord says this for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds somebody say strongholds we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. When your obedience is complete. Second Corinthians chapter 10, those couple of verses there that we read, I believe they're going to help us move on in this series as we continue talking about freedom. Paul writes something there that I think is profound and significant that we should pay attention to. And so I, I want to talk about it today for the next maybe 23, 24 minutes. Then we'll worship one more time. By the way, worship was phenomenal. The church sounds absolutely incredible. I think we got a glimpse of what heaven is going to sound like. Uh, we're going to worship one more time at the end. But, but let's talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for, for just a little bit as it pertains to freedom. I really felt yesterday as I was preparing for today that uh, this is for, even if it's for just one person, God wants you to hear it today. Whether you're here in additional seating or online, um, I, I really believe God wants to set somebody free. And God will do, God will go to any extent to make sure that you hear today. He loves you. He's for you. He wants to free you and heal you. I don't know how you walked in, but if you lean in and open up your heart to his word, more than anything we could say is what the spirit of God wants to say. I'm telling you, I believe there's healing in Jesus' name. And so I don't know who you are, where you're at, but I know that God wants to heal you. Today, if you're taking notes, uh, I want to talk to you from this title, The Battle for the Future. The Battle for the Future. And so if you want to jot that down in your notes as we study 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for the next several minutes. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll talk about this for the next few um, moments and then we'll worship Jesus one more time. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you will do. Thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for this beautiful family here in across the globe. Thank you for every single person connected. Speak to us today, God. And we believe that you want us to break free and to walk in hope, freedom, joy, grace, healing. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your grace. And it's in that mighty name of Jesus that we pray that all of God's people say? Amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say? Amen. 11 a.m. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. In 1949, author and writer George Orwell wrote a very famous novel now that's gotten a lot of attention and people are talking about it in our day and age. He titled the book, the novel, 1984. And maybe you've heard of it. Um, maybe you've heard people talking about it in the news recently. But 
he decided to write this book because it was his outlook on what the future might look like. He was writing in 49, about the year 1984, on what civilization would look like, what civilians would have to face. It was basically a novel about big government and control, and it's a powerful book, and it's a book that we should learn from. But there is one line in that book, it's a famous line, that basically the character that plays the government is telling this character that plays the civilian. And I thought this line was important, and I wanted to bring it up today. The the line says this, if you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. Basically, the future in the novel, in the book, does not look bright. The future looks bleak. The, 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 the book gives a picture of an oppressive future. Civilization would be stolen of all freedom, of all hope, because government would control humanity. I said this earlier, but I'm not a politician. I'm not here with a political message, but I think it is happening. But I am a pastor, so I come with a spiritual message. And why this line stood out to me is because the same way that the book says that the freedom of humanity would be stolen physically, I think it happens to so many of us spiritually and emotionally in our day and age. I was reminded of this quote and I was reminded of this novel because I think when it comes to our emotional life, our mental life, as we talk about freedom and the future, so many of us, we can't have a bright future. We can't see it. We can't picture it because all we see is this boot stamping on our face because the past has been brutal. The past was tough. Life handed us a hard deck of cards. And so when we think about joy, grace, hope, future, all that God has for us, freedom, all we have is oppressive thoughts. All we have is a life that is oppressed by assaulting thoughts, evil thoughts, embedded thoughts that come to assault us, torment us, and rob us of all that God has for us. And so it's hard to imagine what a free life could look like, what a life full of joy in Christ could look like, what a life full of mercy and grace and freedom could look like because the past keeps dictating our future. And so we're oppressed. Several weeks ago, I gave an overview, but I wanted to zero in on oppression because I think there's many people who are free in Christ yet still living in prison because these thoughts keep subjugating them, enslaving them to all that God wants to do. You can't live in the future for all that God wants to do in your life because these thoughts keep you tormented. They keep you down. And we're not walking or enjoying the freedom because our mind is oppressed by these thoughts. And our mind is a powerful weapon. Our mind is a powerful tool. Our thoughts, they play a big part in our life. In fact, I believe that the mind is the steering wheel of our life. One pastor says, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. In other words, you can't move up if you're always thinking down. You can't have a positive life if you're always having negative thoughts. 
And so today, if your thoughts are being oppressed, if you keep having these reoccurring thoughts of negativity, toxic thoughts, enslaving thoughts, you'll never be able to have a free life. I put it this way today. You can't have a free life with an enslaved mind. You can't have a free life with an enslaved mind. And I believe that there are people here today that your mind has been, been enslaved to the past, to a mistake, to something that happened. Perhaps it was abuse. Perhaps it was a mistake that you made. Oh, you'll always be a cheater. You'll always be this person. You'll always be the abuse. You'll always be a victim. You're always going to be in prison, mentally, emotionally, in the spirit. You're always going to be oppressed. You're always going to be down. You're never going to gain nothing in life. You'll never be able to prosper. Your family will never be restored. Your marriage will never be healthy. You can never amount to anything in life. I'm here to tell you that the devil is a liar and we have freedom in, oh come on, I wish the 11 a.m. was with me. I'm here to say that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, there is healing in Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. There is life in Jesus. I am not my past in Jesus' name. The mind is a powerful tool though. The enemy, he will assault the mind over and over until he can get us locked up and bound up to never walk in freedom. The mind is actually where spiritual warfare begins. Charles Spurgeon, the incredible preacher of the 1800s, he said this about the mind. The mind can descend far lower than the body for in it there are bottomless pits. The flesh can only bear a certain number of wounds and no more, but the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die over and over again each hour. In other words, he's saying the physical body, it'll take pain, but after a while you'll pass out of pain. But the mind, oh, it will keep repeating thoughts over and over and over, and your soul will go to a deep down dark place and it can stay there forever. You ever been there in one of those days where your mind just keeps repeating the same CD and tape over and over of all that happened in life? A word that I was reminded about this morning is the word ruminating. Ruminating means to chew, swallow, bring up, and chew again. It's what cows do, right? This is, what, this is how cows eat, the cows from Chick-fil-A. This is what they do. <laughs> They eat the grass, then they process the grass, it goes to their stomach, and after a while, they bring it back up. I know it's disgusting. They bring it back up in their mouth. God bless you. They bring it back up their mouth, and they keep chewing it, swallow it, and repeat the process. This is what some of us do with what's happened in our life or negative, faithless, hopeless thoughts. We think about it. We chew on it. We swallow it. The next day, we bring it back up. I'll never amount to anything. I'll always be broke. I'll always be poor. I'll always be sick. I'll always be the victim. I'll always be dumb. I'll always be the divorced one. I'll always be the rejected one. I'll always be the bitter one. I'll always be the one that people don't. The devil is a liar. You need to change those thoughts in Jesus' name. Come on, I got to think good thoughts. I got to think godly thoughts. I got to change my mind if I want to change my life. Come on, there's a battle for the future. And so the spiritual warfare begins in our mind because the enemy, he'll throw darts at the mind. Jenny Allen, the author, she says this, the greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. Woo! Our generation, our world today, we are in spiritual warfare, and more than demons and angels, it's thoughts in the mind. It's being fought between 
the ears. Today, are there thoughts that are holding you captive? Are there thoughts that are holding us back from the wide open future that God has for us? Maybe it's thoughts of shame, of guilt. Maybe it's embarrassing thoughts. Maybe it's thoughts that lock us up and they don't allow us to move forward. Scientists today, they've discovered that every thought causes a neurological chemical to make process and pathways in our brain. Every thought you make, and the more you think about it, it literally carves out a pathway in the brain. And so the more you think it, the more it becomes easier to think it the following day and easier to believe. And so we, what we got to do is intercept that, interrupt that, and say, I'm not going to continue to think those thoughts. I'm going to think godly thoughts. I'm going to change my thinking to change my life. How do we do that? Well, if you're like me, we've tried over and over in our own power. But how many know there's a good God who wants to heal us, who wants to help us? Oh, come on. Come on. Can you give God some glory? He's a good God. He's an awesome God. Today, it doesn't matter how you walked in. Come on. We can walk out of here healed, healthy, whole, free in Jesus' name. I put it this way. We win the battle trusting God's power, not our performance. Thank God that freedom doesn't come from how hard we try, but how good God is. Today, you can walk out of here free. If you're watching, you can be free today, not because you try hard enough, but because you believe his goodness and his healing power. Amen. Amen. Paul is writing to a church uh, in Corinth. There's a city named Corinth. This city is a, a, a city that's alive. It's a city that's buzzing. It's a city that's powerful. It's growing. It has a whole lot of karma. It's a big marketplace. And there's a church there that is thriving. And so this is a big, big city. The church is growing. And both the city and the church are thriving. And so Paul, he loves them. He has a relationship with them. He's been with them. He wrote them one letter. He's writing them another letter. And in this letter, he wants to correct if you've been part of CLS, we talked about this a few months ago. One of the things that he's correcting in the second letter is their thoughts that Paul is not an apostle. This is the thought in the church that's going on at that time. They were discrediting th uh, uh, Paul from being a true apostle. And so he's writing this letter to go against those thoughts that they're saying that he's not a real authentic apostle. And so that's his mission. And he gets to this part in the second letter because they are now accusing him of being a weak, small, and frail human being. Most people say that if you looked at Paul from what we pick up in scripture and what people said about him, he was, he was not big, he was not tall, he was small, he was bald, and it looked like he was weak and frail. And so he's saying, if you look at me physically, oh, it may look like I'm weak in the flesh, but I have power in the spirit. In other words, don't judge me by what I look like on the outside. How many know people will judge you and criticize you by what you look like on the outside? People will say you'll never amount to anything because of what you have on the outside. But God doesn't call us because of our stature, possessions, or physical power, but it's by the spiritual power. And so, in other words, if you're short and bald here today, God can still use you. And so Paul's like, I may look like I'm weak physically. Oh, but we don't wage war in the flesh. 
we have spiritual weapons, he says. And when I show up and preach, he says, I don't show up in my flesh and I don't come with eloquent words and I don't come like this nine foot giant, but I come like a giant in the spirit and I come preaching divine truth and all divine weapons, they're powerful, he says. He says, we have spiritual weapons. Somebody say spiritual weapons. And our spiritual weapons, he says, they're able to destroy strongholds and any lofty argument that goes against the knowledge of God. Now follow along. I know, follow me just for a moment. Paul basically is telling them, there are thoughts in your culture. There are things happening in Corinth that are creating lies in your mind that you start believing and they will create, they will uh, over time become a truth and they become a stronghold in your mind and they won't allow you to enjoy all that God has for you. In other words, culture, society, the world system, they will tell you a lie so many times until you believe that it's true. That's called a stronghold. It's happened to people. I heard from a pastor this past week that said that a teacher told him when he was seven years old, he was never going to amount to anything. And he started believing that lie. And he said it to himself over and over again. And when he was 18, he thought God could do nothing with his life because he was dumb and broke and came from a little small town. And so that created a stronghold in his mind. Culture and society in Corinth was saying that God's word was not real, Jesus was not the true Messiah, and they were creating their own ideologies, philosophies, and they were saying that that was true. It's humanism, existentialism. Can I tell you, it's happening in today's world. All you got to do is turn on the TV, look through social media, get on the internet, and our culture and our society today is preaching lies as if it were truth. And what they're doing is that they are actually trying to oppress the truth to oppress us from believing God's word. And so it's called indoctrination. And it happens with theories, it happens politically, it happens spiritually, and we listen to the lies over time, time and time again, and all of a sudden we go down a few decades and today we are where we are, where we're calling evil good and good evil. Oh, come on, 11 a.m. It's happening all over the place. Today, you say something that goes against the norm, the standards of society. They'll kick you out. They'll try to cancel you. They'll try to block you because everybody's walking around with these strongholds that has happened in the mind. And so Paul's dealing with philosophies, ideologies, especially from the Greeks and the Romans that had humanism all the way up and God's word down. The human is the most important being, not God. And that's happening in today's world. And he says it creates strongholds. Somebody say strongholds. Now these strongholds, the word stronghold, it comes from a Greek word that we get castle or fortresses. And basically what he's saying is you've created these fortresses in your mind that the truth cannot penetrate. And me and Anna, we went to St. Augustine last summer to preach at a friend's church, and they took us around the city. And I don't know if you've been to St. Augustine, but they have this old fortress, and I believe it's the oldest one in the country, but basically it's right on the water so that when the enemy came in in the 1900s, they would stand on the fortress, and they were able to shoot cannons or arrows or I don't know what to the enemy so that they would not be able to come in. It's this big, huge fortress. And basically Paul is saying, this is what a lot of you have in your minds, And God's word cannot go in there because you're believing the lie that the enemy told you. And you believe it for so long, it's now created a fortress, a stronghold. 
A fortress or a stronghold had thick walls, big walls, tall walls, so that the enemy could not climb over. But he says, we have divine weapons to destroy strongholds, and we have divine power to bring down any lofty argument that goes against the knowledge of God. Now he says, we have divine power. Somebody say power. power. That word power in the Greek is the word dunamis, and it's where we get our English word dynamite. In other words, Paul is saying you may have a castle, a fortress, or a prison in your mind from a lie that happened in your childhood or maybe through your adolescent age. Maybe somebody lied to you. Maybe you went through life and you are here today in 2023 still believing a lie from 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 50 years ago. But he says the Holy Spirit comes with divine dynamite to bring down the walls. Bring down the walls of our mind. Bring down the walls of society. Bring down the walls of lies. Bring down the walls of abuse. Bring down the walls of victimhood. Bring down the walls of pain. Bring down the, come on somebody, in Jesus' name, there's a battle for the future. And I believe that today, I'm praying God gives me voice. I believe that today, there's so many of us being robbed. We're being robbed from all that God has for us. Oh, how many times have we believed the lie? God will never use me again. There's no way God can do this in my life. There's no way God can restore my marriage. There's no way God can restore my family. There's no way I'm ever going to be healed. I'll always be the sick person. I'll always be the defeated one. I'll always be the broke one. I'll always be the dumb one of the family. I'll always be the black sheep. I'll always be the one that is the sinner and cast out. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to amount to anything. The devil is a liar. Bring that down with the dynamite of the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name name we destroy it we bring it down and we walk in freedom and there's a battle for the future and I've had to learn over time I'm gonna believe God's word not my lies because it was robbing me of all that God wanted to do in my life if I listened to the lies that the enemy wanted to throw over and over again we wouldn't be here today we wouldn't be married we would never be serving God because what the enemy wants to do is to put strongholds in the mind. And I just, I just felt in my heart. Today there's people, you think about freedom and all you see is a boot in the face. Oppressive thoughts. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's okay. But that's for your neighbor, not for you. And you're fighting in your chair today because life was tough. I'm always going to be the one that got abused. I'm always going to be the victim. I'm never going to enjoy God's freedom. I'm never going to be able to be used by God. I did it with my parents, but not with me. God wants good things for my life, maybe, but I just can't believe it. It's time to bring down the strongholds in Jesus' name. Today, you don't have to live in oppression. You can walk in freedom. What does the enemy do? How does he come with our mind? With, with what kind of thoughts? And I'll, I'll wrap it up in these three things that the enemy does. Three main ways the enemy attacks our thoughts. Number one, with false thoughts. Number two, with failure thoughts. And number three, with fear thoughts. You can kind of sum them up in these three subjects, but he comes with false thoughts, basically telling us God's word is not real. That's happening all throughout society, all throughout culture today. This is an old ancient book. Don't believe that. This was written by man. You've heard that? Don't believe this book. And so there's false thoughts that come from society, from culture. Ultimately, the enemy 
to create a stronghold not to believe all that God has for us. And then there's failure thoughts. I think many of us can say we've been there. I've made too many mistakes. Alex, but you don't know where I've been, what I've done. And so those thoughts hold us captive, hold us in prison. I don't know. I don't know if my marriage could work. I don't know if my family could be restored. I, I got an ugly past. I don't know if I ever can help out in church. You don't know where I've been. And we let our past determine our future. Because there's a battle for the future and the battle, spiritual warfare, is in the mind. Or fear thoughts. I don't know enough. There's a lot of unknowns. I don't know what tomorrow holds. And over the short amount of years that we've been able to help out in ministry, there's so many people that are scared of the unknown. And it holds them in a trap, in a prison, in a fortress. You know another word for stronghold? They use it all throughout scripture. It's tomb. In other words, you believe the lie so much that it leaves you in a grave. Dead mentally, emotionally. How many people today, you're alive on the outside, but dead on the inside. Not being able to walk out and full potential of the life that God gave you, your family, the blessings, the love, the mercy, the hope, the healing that he has. And I just believe today I'm going to try to wrap up soon so we can pray there's healing today. There's freedom today. Today is time that you stop going forward in life still stuck in the past, still living in prison. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do with our thought life? What do we do with the strongholds? He says we have divine power to demolish these strongholds. How do we do it? How do we do it? I'll give you three simple keys. These are very elementary. I think if you study God's word, you can write down a whole bunch. I'm just going to help you out with some that I think are beginners, but go home, study God's word, and write down in a journal. I think you can add way more to my list. But, but number one, we battle with truth. Somebody say battle with truth. In other words... The way you overcome a lie is by knowing the truth. And so you need to get a hold of the truth of God's word. And you need to begin to replace the lies with truth. The lies have built up a fortress. The way that fortress comes down is by destroying it with truth. And so what we need to do is we, we need to go to God's word every single day. Not just on Sundays. Not just on the weekends. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, here at Calvary over the last few years, we've called it, called it, give God your first 15. First 15 is what we call it. I know some of us are busy. We got jobs and we got kids. If my life is crazy with one kid, I can imagine if you have three, four, five kids. But, but it's crazy. So we just say, give God your first 15 minutes and you'll see how it changes your day. And soon you'll see 15 minutes turn to 20, turn to 30, because you'll start to enjoy time in God's word and God's presence. But basically, as you go through Scripture, you'll find gems in Scripture. Happens all the time. There's times where I read a verse that I've known since I was in Sunday school listening it through Veggie Tales. But I read it one more time, and I'm like, I never knew that was there. It's a treasure. It's a gem. And it unlocks a part of me that needed that freedom. And so you need to replace the lies with truth. That's why Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, 
whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Some of us need to retrain and you need to go back and grab those neurological pathways and start to create new pathways. I'm telling you, I know I'm speaking right now and there's people listening. You're already like, this is not for me. I don't like that. This is not true. You only, whatever's lovely, whatever's true, whatever's praiseworthy, I'm going to think about, I'm going to capture the lie and replace it with truth. And so if my childhood or my experience tells me I'm rejected, you know what the Bible says? I'm accepted in Christ. If my past tells me I'm always going to be the victim, the Word of God says I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. So I'm replacing every lie with the truth. Amen. Now, by the way, your environment will dictate a lot of your thoughts. So who you're surrounded with, where you are, will dictate your thoughts. That's why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Maybe this week you need to take a fast from secular music, from secular teachings or whatever it is and surround yourself with God's word and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill my soul with worship. I'm going to fill my mind with God's truth. I'm going to fill my heart with the promises. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say, I have a hope and a future. I am the son of God. I am destined. I am going. Come on, I'm adopted and redeemed in the beloved. Come on, you need to preach yourself the truths until the strongholds come down. You need to go on the offensive. It's not time to play patty cake with the devil. Dr. Carolyn Leaf said, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. This old ancient book, I think had some truths in it. It's been telling us about prayer for thousands of years and today scientists are confirming there's power in prayer by the way today I'm not up here talking about positive thinking I'm not a motivational speaker this ain't Tony Robinson and you're not at a motivational conference we're at a church I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about powerful thinking come on God's power God's truth God's spirit preach to yourself get up in the morning preach the word of God preach it in the mirror speak to yourself your son a daughter of God come on you're a battle with truth can I get an amen so powerful thinking number one battle with truth number two battle with grace Oh, because the enemy will come with failure thoughts. Don't be clapping in church. Hide your hands. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I know what you did last night. Maybe we'll talk about this next week a little bit, but I think two of the biggest spirits, thoughts that keep us captive are shame and guilt. And there's a lot of Christians today being robbed of what God has for them because of a mistake that they did in their past. If people only knew, if people only knew my deepest, darkest secrets, oh, I'll never be allowed to do this or I'll never be able to have a family or I'll never be able to have a marriage. Here's the beautiful thing. We may not know, but God knows everything about us and he still gives us a hope and a future and a brand new beginning. His mercies and compassions are made new each and every single morning. I wake up to new morning. I wake up to new mercy. I wake up to new compassion. I wake up to new grace. 
And today, there's some of us that are being tormented, assaulted by shame and guilt. And you need to battle that stronghold with the grace of God. What's one promise that you can say over and over every day? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, you gotta put, you gotta put yourself in there, made me alive with Christ. Even when I was dead in transgressions, it is by grace I have been saved. And God raised me up with Christ, and he seated me with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I'm not my mistake, I'm not my past, I'm not my failure, I'm not my sin. I'm a and redeemed. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the living King. I'm free in Christ. I'm healed. I'm seated in the heavenly place. Oh, come on, somebody. There's healing. Break free out of that stronghold. Be free in Jesus' name. Woo. The enemy will repeat our failures over and over to us. Today, we need to shut the enemy up. Tell him, shut the front door. Get out of here. I'm going to battle this thing with grace. How many believers are going to the grave with a full potential? Robbed of all that God had for them. Robbed of ministry opportunities. Robbed of the possibility to change a city, change a nation. Robbed of ever seeing their marriage fully restored and healed robbed of seeing their children ever serving God and living in peace because we believe the failure thoughts of the enemy today we're going to battle with grace in Jesus name I'm his and he's mine I'm going to ask the band to come up number three we're going to battle with faith we're going to battle with faith in other words I'm going to walk in freedom not because I feel like I'm free but because I know that I'm free. Freedom is not a feeling. Bringing down the strongholds is more than a feeling. It's something that you gotta walk out by faith. Listen to me, church. I know the band's coming up. I know we're about to leave, but this is important. Today, you need to walk out of here knowing who you are in Christ. Not because you feel it. Physically, you may leave out of here and you're still tired, you're still down. I get it. It's a battle with the flesh, but, but spiritually, I'm going to believe by faith. I am who he says I am. It's by faith. It's not by feelings. It's not every day that we wake up feeling like we want to worship God and we want to move forward. And What's wrong with you? I feel great. No, there's some Sundays where I don't feel great. It's not every Sunday we come in here and we feel like raising our hands and we feel like worshiping God up here. There's some Sundays we want to come in here, I'm going to throw the mic at somebody. You know, like, it's not by feeling. But as I get around believers, as I listen to the Word of God, as I'm reminded faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, oh, it's by faith, it's by faith, it's by faith. He chose me, He picked me, He redeemed me, He adopted me, He seated me with Him. I'm His, He's mine. I lift up my hands, not because I feel it, but because I know it. Not because of my circumstance, but because of my convictions. I know that I'm free. I'm His. Today is by faith. Somebody say by faith. faith. It's by faith that I'm going to destroy the strongholds of the mind. Even though I may not feel it, I believe it by faith. Believe it by faith. I'm not who the enemy says I am. I'm not who my past says that I am. 
I'm who God says I am. And I believe that by faith. I believe that there's some people today here in this place, there's strongholds in your mind. The enemy has set up a fortress, a castle, a prison, a tomb. You believe the lie and today, I really believe there's a battle for your future. And the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy all that God has for us. But greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Why don't we stand up to our feet all across this place? Jesus, with every eye closed, every head bowed, we're about to leave. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe you're here and somebody invited you for the first time. If you're here in additional seating or watching online and you say, Alex, I'm so far from God. You have no idea where I've been, what I've done. I don't, but I know God does. He loves you more than you could imagine. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We've all failed God in one way or another. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And our sin separates us from God, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that we could have full life, eternal life. Today, if you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I know I'm a sinner. Sin has a heavy price, it's called death. If you've been living in sin, practicing sin, the Bible says it will kill you slowly, mentally, emotionally, many times physically. But the Bible says that Jesus came and he paid the ultimate price for sin so that you and I could receive life. Jesus went up on a cross. He took all of my sins, all of your sins. He paid the ultimate price there on that cross. He died a gruesome death. Sin is ugly. They will, it will leave you with an ugly end. Jesus says, I'll take death. He died there on that cross. They laid him in a grave. He was dead for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. He defeated sin and death so that we could have freedom in life. With every eye closed, here in additional seating, wherever you're at, every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here and you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I want forgiveness for my sins. Today, I want a brand new beginning. I want to repent. That word just means I want to turn around. I've been living in sin. I've been doing whatever I wanted, but today I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. You're saying, today I want to begin a brand new relationship with God. When I count to three, I want you to lift up your hand. And I just want you to hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you. Then you can put it right back down. Every eye closed, every head bowed. In a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer. Maybe you're like me, you grew up in church. But you walked away from God and it's been years. And you're saying, today I want to come back home. I need to give him my life. I want him to forgive me. You raise your hand as well. If I count to three, you say, today I need Jesus. Today I need forgiveness. Today I want to start a brand new beginning. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Hands everywhere. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, amazing, God bless you. Amazing, amazing. You can put your hands down. I'm gonna say a simple prayer and then I'm gonna ask Pastor JP to tell you about a free gift we have. But every eye closed, every head bowed. We're gonna say a simple prayer and then we have a free gift for you and then we're gonna finish by singing this song one last time and then we'll go outside and join a connect group. If you raise your hand, say this prayer with me. In fact, the whole church, why don't we repeat it out loud? Say, Father, come on, with all you got out loud, say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. 
that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected say Jesus come into my life be my Lord and be my Savior from today on I am saved I'm healed and I'm forgiven amen for everybody who just made a decision to follow Jesus in the room Hey, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. I really believe that there's millions of decisions you're gonna make across your life, but there's none like the one that you just made right now. It's the most important decision. I love what Chris Mendes said last week if you were here. He said it's the only decision that matters eternally in this world. So congratulations, I wanna let you know, it's almost like a brand new birthday. As a matter of fact, we wanna celebrate you. We got a gift for you. And so if you go out to the front, we have an awesome team called the Connect Team. And they just wanna give you a gift on behalf of Calvary Church. It is completely free. Inside of it, you got a coffee mug, you got a notebook, you got a letter from Pastors Alex and Diana, a pen and a voucher to Circle Cafe where you could get some free coffee and stuff. But grab one of these. Because inside of here is also going to be a Bible. I believe the best decision you can make is to follow Jesus. The second one is to hear what he has to say in your life. Grab a Bible, see what God wants to speak to you, and get into community, get into family. I promise you, it'll bless your life. One more time, can we make some noise for everybody who made a decision to follow Jesus in the room? Come on. Hey, I think we should leave here celebrating and worshiping one last time. I'm gonna pray, let's pray together. And I believe that a message like this one today, there is freedom for your life, not just for a Sunday, but for all the days to come, amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that in you there is freedom, God. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. And right now, I pray that you just move in the life of every single person, God. Lord, you begin to know that we can walk by faith that you walk with us, Lord. God, as we worship you, I pray that our thoughts, our minds be sound used in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, church, let's leave here singing one last time.